Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome. Welcome to the Hello Musenberg podcast, where people talk about local issues and tell the unique stories of the people of Musenberg. Now, to get you going with this edition is our host, Wayne Turner. And it's a very good day to you. This Thursday, another day, another time for a podcast. It's raining outside. Uh, Normally, we'd be upset by the wet. You might hear raindrops on the roof of our studio, the mobile studio, our 1976 VW camper van. So if you do hear something in the background, it means we are getting glorious rain. So... What do we have this week? We have in studio, last week, she was flying solo with me. That was uh, Karen Kotzer, but Yolandi has joined us in studio. She's one of the other journalists at the False Bay Echo. And as we've decided to do is to pick up some of the stories behind the stories, the pain, the heart, the joys, everything that you can't really pick up in print. And these are community issues we all face. Now, it is a Hello Musenberg podcast, and we do focus on Musenberg, this, the surrounds, the greater Musenberg area. But we do pick up and try to bring stories in from the south as well, because there's a lot of stories, a lot of news information and issues that do impact Musenberg even though it doesn't take place in Musenberg. So, without further ado, firstly, a very warm welcome to the studio, Yolandi. Good morning. It's good to have you guys in studio again. Uh, It's uh, always interesting to find out other viewpoints and, as I said, some of the stories behind the stories. And Corinne, welcome back again. Thank you. So, it's another week and a lot more stories that are impacting us. I suppose, um, let's kick off with a good news story. Yolandi, you've got one that really uh, pulls at heartstrings, and that is a story about some swings. Yes, that was such a beautiful story. Absolutely beautiful story. Um, this is um, the story about the swings on the Nortu Common. They've been there for, for many years, uh, six years to be, to be exact. And basically the whole community makes use of the swings they've been part of photo shoots for weddings they've actually even been used in the music video for the song beautiful by jamie oliver wow. and oh, sorry jeremy oliver and um last week i actually met the family who put the swings up so they're not public swings they're not by the city they're council not public swings they were put up by private residents um uh, a couple called jenna and johan harwood and they snuck down to the common in the middle of the night six years ago when when Jenna was eight months pregnant and she was in charge of the torch she held the cho- the torch <laughs> while, while her husband subversive made, activities yeah. <laughs> made use of a pulley system um, to put the swings up and then secured it with a slip knot so she's eight months pregnant eight months pregnant holding a torch That's and great. the first swing that they put up was a tire swing he actually picked up this this tire on the side of the road coming home from Somerset West, where he worked at the time. 
So he picked up this tire, stuffed it in the back of his opal, and that night they went and they put up the swing. And a few days later they put up another swing with a, with a wooden seat, and the idea was that they wanted to create an activity to bring the community together, where the community could do a fun activity and where the children can play and laugh, and also to, to, be, to pay tribute to the unborn son, which was due in, in a few weeks. But then, unfortunately, there were complications while, while she was um, giving birth and little Camden ended up with um, brain damage. Um, um, he's lost sight in his, in his eyes. For the first two years of his life, he was almost blind. He could hardly speak. And then this year, um, they actually, with, with them celebrating the, the six-year anniversary of the swings, they actually celebrated his sixth birthday and also the first time, for the first time, he had enough strength to hold onto the swing. Wow. So he went onto the swing for the very first time and yeah, I, I, was, I was fortunate enough to meet this family. They've just also recently had um, another addition to the family, little Reuben, who's six weeks old this week. And um, yes, I met the family at the common. Little Camden was on the swing with his dad, with his mom. Everybody had a chance on the swing, and he's <laughs> lovely. He's he's just such a delightful little boy. So, uh, readers of your newspaper will probably be asking, how do you pick up stories like this? This story I picked up on Facebook. It um, it came from uh, a community Facebook group called South Peninsula Moms where um, most of the moms actually, or not the, not the moms, it, it, most of the people in Fishhook actually belong to, to SPM, as, as it's known. And Jenna Me too. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh. and Jenna, I don't know how I got on. I think I got on through my wife. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's, it's good to be on that group. You get a lot of information there. That's true. And Jenna actually put up a very short post. Just She didn't actually give a lot of information. She just said, look, um, the, the commons are a very special place to us. And we put up the swing for our son and he was, <clears throat> excuse me, he was not able to use it. And, you know, for the first time he did. And so I contacted her and just got the bigger story from her. And she was, she was more than happy to speak to me. And it, it's, it was such a lovely couple. It was such a nice story. I, I thoroughly enjoyed taking photos playing with him in the common it was just one of those stories where you really go home and you think wow <laughs> right what a what a special special family i think that's the exciting part whether you uh, print or radio journalist you're picking up these stories and you're actually finding out about lives of people yeah. yes and what makes people tick and and you know we need these good news stories totally. What's your one? Oh, um, the, well, there's a couple, but the one that I, I love most was uh, the homeschool children in Marina de Gama. And what they've done is they've met up with Claire Homewood, who is one half of One Love Studio, mural artists. Serge is the other half. Yes, yeah, Serge is I the other I had them half. in the camper van in, oh. in Massey. I did an interview. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, stunning. Oh, it was no, such a great interview. They're divine. And little Aurora is their, their daughter. Just wonderful little child. Um, anyway, so Claire has uh, joined up with um, the school, which is New Musenberg School, and they're homeschooled. And the w one particular class is only seven children. And they're in grade seven, and they are called Audrey's Clubhouse. <laughs> and uh, they met with, with Claire, and they also met uh, the environmental warriors uh, from Marina and Musenberg. Yes. Mike Ryder, Kevin Rack, and they had some education about the breakdown of plastics, but then they sat with Claire after that. Yeah. Was, there was a picture of some kids in homeschool and getting education in Marina, was yes. it? 
what paper was was it? It might have been Constantinople Bulletin because it's run in there as well. Okay, that's, yes, that's I know, now absolutely. Yeah. As you said, the sort of the homeschool they were standing around this guy was like a bucket. Uh, teaching, I know exactly what you're talking about now. <laughs> cool. So yeah, it appeared in Constantinople Bulletin as well. Um, and th- what they've done is they uh, Claire has um, applied for permission, and they're going to paint one of the buildings at Sunfle Estuary. Uh, with an educational conservation piece. And what the, the children were doing with Claire that morning was they, they were talking about what animals are going to be chosen and why and what the uh, finalizing the messages of what they wanted to put up because they understand that it must be hard-hitting, but at the same time they, they, they want to balance it because they are young and they want to inspire people to make a difference rather than do the doom and gloom, which I thought was gorgeous. Yeah, because Claire and a Surge have... Uh, created some amazing murals oh, throughout the, the local area yeah. and uh, it just gives another dynamic to the community because Absolutely. it's community doing community stuff so Absolutely. in order to you know bring out the next generation to do something like this with kids at that age yeah. besides the uh, conservation the environmental impact on those children's lives Great story. Okay, let's uh, take a look at uh, maybe not so nice events that are taking place in our community. Uh, Corin, you and I were at a, uh, a community meeting last night about mm. the unrest and the impact unrest is having on other people's uh, lives, homes, ab- ability to uh, protect their homes, but also to get to work. Yeah. From both sides of Prince George's sure. Drive, you know, the Marina side as well as the Freyron Capricorn side. As a journalist and, uh, you know, finding out, getting the backstories, w- what have you found out in, in the area? Are you going to be running a story on yeah. this? And that's, uh, you know, the Marina Freyron residents almost came to blows mm. Uh, last weekend and it, there was a misunderstanding there as well a huge misunderstanding but, and we don't get that in the press absolutely well i've tried this week to sort of lay it out um basically what happened is we've had three weeks of of riots and protest action and saturday morning marina de Gama residents woke up and there was tire burning and there was chanting and there was thing. and the aggravation and the frustration from the previous three weeks and all the fear really came to a head and what the misunderstanding was that people thought that these were the same rioters, the people that had been stoning cars and throwing petrol bombs, when in actual fact, this was a group of about 10 or 15 women, and they had children there, um, but the, yeah, uh, and they were protesting about an alleged underpayment. They were um, part of a program, and they were supposed to be paid 140 rand a day by the city, this is what they told us. Uh, and after three weeks' work, they were paid 400 rand, and there was no explanation. And they couldn't reach anyone in the city to say, look, you're going to be paid the rest of your money at this time and this day, and this is why you were short paid. And they were frustrated, so they came down, they burned some tires. But of course, the residents at Marina woke up and thought, not more. So it actually got very, very tense. And we had Marina residents going across and pulling the tires that they had away and fetching the rocks themselves and yelling at the police saying, do something, why are you just standing here? Wow. And then the moment those items were taken away, the Frequent protesters were enraged and they went back to fetch things. And that's when things really became quite dicey. It, 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 it could have gone. And the, the, the saps had to intervene and, and calm everybody down and separate them. But they were screaming, both sides were screaming at each other. And that's a misunderstanding. 
because of the the thought that it was the the rioters. Yeah, one of the things that came out of the public meeting at the traffic department last night was poor communication. Totally. And I think some of the issues we've had in our community with law enforcement, uh, SAPs, and a number of the issues with our safety and security outside of the unrest mm. has been very, very poor communication. Sure. And as soon as we've been able to reestablish those, uh, I speak from a, mm. a, a mid-public safety position as soon as we started engaging with the relevant authorities uh you just saw all the gray areas and where the miscommunication was and we've been able to sort of now do something but when the city is not communicating yeah. i mean we one of the things that came out last night as well was no one hears anything from the mayor's office mm. now i understand there's all sorts of things happening there and down on the ground it will be affected but how have you how have you felt uh information that's been disseminated because, uh, I mean, you've got your ear to the ground. Mm. I mean, you're a journalist and you're mm. trying to get as much info. How have you found the information that has been disseminated? It's just poorly misunderstood. And, and the information isn't free-flowing in, in either direction because residents aren't aware of what's going on across the road on either side. Um, and in terms of the, the allegations that were made, I wrote to the city and I asked for comments. And they commented on the rioting and they commented on criminal elements and they commented on land invasion. And they utterly ignored the comments about the, the underpayment. So that entire issue was just completely ignored. Swept under the carpet. It's just, well, when, just no response, as, as though I hadn't asked the question. But those EPWP people who come in, they'd have yeah. a contract to either clean or work with law enforcement. There's a whole bunch of things they're actually involved with. That money is there to pay pay them. It, that was either poor administration, poor delivery from the council side or miscommunication. And we don't know which of the three it is. Absolutely. But if a city representative was just talking and saying... This is an advance payment. We've yeah. got the rest of it coming. This totally. is something to tide you over. The, the big money is coming. Absolutely. If you can just tell people what is happening, often it will throw oil on troubled waters. Well, I mean, the, uh, in the midst of that, while, um, while all the, the protest was happening, I went over and I spoke to some of the people who were protesting. And they said to me, we're terrified of living where we are. We're afraid of the whole situation. Um, and all we wanted were answers, and we, we couldn't get through to anyone. And we have children to raise, and how do you raise a child on 400 Rand when you work for three weeks? And she said to me, we haven't looted, we haven't made any crime, um, we, we've done an honest job. And the job was to data capture for the city about the amount of backyard dwellers in Freyhund. So it's important work. And... Then they, there's, then they sit with, with, you know, no answers and lots of frustration. You could understand it if we were a bankrupt city. Yeah. But we are one of the cities that's doing the best in the country with investment and opportunity. And this is happening. Yeah. That's very, very poor. And I don't care whether it's ANC, DA, ACDP, mm. EFF. doesn't matter who's there. You've got a basic job to do. And the communication would make it so much easier right. for everyone. So, um uh, you're also fortunate to live quite close to where things are happening. I, I use fortunate in a <laughs> reserved, uh, positive way yeah. in that as a journalist, you're ap able to get hands-on information. Yeah, eyes on the scene all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it just made me a little bit nervous when I heard you saying you went out, then you started interviewing people. Yeah. Um, that's a bit difficult to do, to be perceived in the wrong way. How easy have you found people wanting to talk 
Well, I did wait until the shouting had stopped, and then I went and sat down <laughs> next to a lady who you could see from the expression on her face, she was just middle-earth. Mm. She just was heart sore. And I went and I sat next to her on the pavement, and I said, look, this is who I am. This is everyone here misunderstands what's going on. Will you please tell me so that I can go over and tell everyone else why you're here and what you're doing? And then she spoke to me, and she was quite free to speak to me. Mm. Um, nobody really wants their names mentioned, because I think there were unconfirmed mm. reports of a woman that was murdered trying to get to work the following day. No, 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 on, on the Monday morning, yeah, Tuesday yes, morning. Yes, it was on Monday. Yeah. So, Yolandi, on the other side of the mountain, are you finding similar things with communication and people with, with uh, protests? Um, we're not really, there's not many, um, well, on our side, except for, for Ocean View, um, on, on Wednesday, um, I had a call from the spokesperson for the Ocean View Police Station who alerted me to, to a protest or to some protest action, and he said that they're considering closing off Komiki Road because they were also burning tires, um, and that was due to people being evicted from their homes. But unfortunately, at the time, I couldn't get any more information. You know, there's you've you've got your sources in Ocean View, and if once you've called them, and none of them really have any answers for you, there's not much you can do. And the police couldn't give me any more information, so I'm not quite sure if that is still ongoing. Um, I have been keeping a close eye, obviously, on the traffic groups, um, on all the other groups that I do belong to, and it seems like like things have calmed down there. Just your response is great journalism, because the sensational journalists and the people who want to sell papers and advertising will go out and create something they will they they, they want a story and if they can't get a story and as you said you, none of your sources can give you anything and i think that's what we need to understand in this day and age we need to be very selective with which medium which uh paper website that we actually read do we know that we have uh reliable information so I, I when as i say that i do it yeah. tongue-in-cheek but i mean really you you in community you cannot create news because you're so that's close to thing. the people that's yeah. the thing and i mean we often get information that would make fantastic stories but it, i mean even if it is the truth and you can't confirm it yourself with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We just can't use it. You, I mean, we can't say it's been alleged and um, mm. a source close to the investigation say. 
um, you know, like many of the other papers do. We do don't you, do that. You don't yeah. have your little reserved page for retractions <laughs> column. <laughs> no. I hate no. that. When some papers, they, they print these retractions after they've yeah. got unconfirmed reports yeah. and you've got p- people believing things. I think, Corin, uh, we, we had the, the discussion about uh, infl- inflaming a situation and, and inciting. A- and it can happen, especially we, we see now mm. Uh, from from a, another side of the population who, who now getting threatened on the, uh, one side of Prince George's Drive, sure. all of a sudden people are getting up in arms. All you need to do is put something in a paper and say these people are coming to attack you. Yeah, yeah. and and you've got mayhem. You're speaking exactly. to their fears, and the fears run deep. So absolutely. So communicating information without inciting fears is so so important. Definitely. Right. So th- that's quite a a, a heavy heavy subject. Now, Corin, you, you had an interesting one about a snake. Oh, I love this one. <laughs> um, Glen Cairn resident. See, what happened was we had a photograph um, that we put in the paper a couple of weeks ago, and um, a resident had found that snake in his garden, and um, he mistakenly thought it was a Cape Cobra. He said, I'm not sure, and we didn't check. Was so that the picture of the, in yes, the carpet pile? that's right. Yes. yes. And so then um, uh, Steve Venom man contacted me and said, hey if you want to i can tell you all about the different snakes so this week what we've done is we've run an info piece um, and that looks at three different snakes puff adders um, cape cobra and wormslung and it describes the snake predominantly found in our area predominantly found in our area so these are the snakes you have to watch out for Um, and when i say watch out i mean be aware of so that Mm. you don't encroach on their space because they are shy creatures they're not aggressive they're not going to chase you they're not going to bite you if you stand on them or if you disturb them, they'll warn you and you just need to back quietly away. But Steve's whole life has been dedicated to snakes and he's so enthusiastic about them. And I learned so much. I didn't know that snakes get flu. <laughs> I didn't know that. Who knew that? No, I, I, I kept snakes. I've been a snake fan all my life. I didn't know they got flu. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Anyway, so this week we've, we've got those three. And then next week we'll do an in-depth feature on Steve. It is written, but it's waiting for um, the paper for next week. So it's there. Uh, did he identify what that little snake in the carpet was? That was a red-lipped herald. I thought so. I used mm. to keep red-lipped heralds. Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah, they were lovely. It was the only snake ever bit me. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah. They backfanged and, and semi-poisonous. So okay. I just sort of made it all sort of swelling that that, that was all but you, you're uh, gonna love his his comments about poison he says snakes aren't poisonous you can eat snakes all day long nothing will happen to you <laughs> they are however venomous <laughs> absolutely absolutely yes. yeah i know that it's Very a mistake funny. many of us many well of it's us the make. americanism that we use but yeah. that's it's an important thing because most people will say they're poisonous mm-hmm. and you know I'll tell you an interesting story. The first time I found out how uh, snake bites get treated, yeah. I was in Standard 5, which is about grade 7 in Natal, yeah. Peter Maritzburg. I came back. I was off sick from school, came back. My uh, geography teacher, I don't know what subject it was, was uh, John T. Rhodes's father. Right. He was my, t- my class teacher. And uh, one of the boys said, do you know how we help people with being bitten by a snake? We take snake venom, we put in a syringe, and we inject it into them. I thought, this is ludicrous. How can they say that? So I, I spoke to the teacher. He yeah. said, yeah, that's how they do it. Then they explained it with horses and yes. putting in an, and developing an, antibodies. But to this day, I remember my very… Uh, initial reaction. Initial reaction to that. Yeah, so um, one of the things that we keep on coming across in community papers is uh, the the… the the stories that 
could be sensational, but aren't sensational. If you look at it, I mean, they we are weekly published, so you've got more time to research. So maybe that's to your advantage. But the whole thing of uh, a story that's in a main newspaper and the same type of story that's in a community paper, there's just not the impact in the community papers. Is that just because you're reporting bare facts that actually happened and they are adding to it? Sometimes. Yeah, I would say so. It's not that you underreport or you dumb it down for the community papers. No, not to, at all. To be honest, we we actually don't have more time to research. We work we work on extremely tight deadlines. Oh, you do more stories as um, well yeah. we per do more journalist. Stories, Correct. And yeah. because our deadline is is or the deadlines are so close together, essentially. Corin and I basically have a Thursday and a Friday to to do stories, yeah. mm. and they must be written up on a Monday because that's deadline day. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, the papers are laid out, and on on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, um, sorry, and then Wednesdays the papers go to print, and then we start all over on a Thursday and a Friday, Monday deadline, Tuesday Wednesday layout. <laughs> um, so you just have the sense of satisfaction. Then you got to do it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so nice about radio. You just find a new guest. Yeah. <laughs> I love your job. <laughs> I, mean, I love mine too, though. <laughs> so as you can see, radio, we have other people doing our research for us. Uh, you <laughs> You've worked hard on these stories. You just ask the questions. <laughs> right. So um, let, let's let's chat about Marjoli. Now, Marjoli mm. is a legend in the Freikront area and okay. Musenberg. She's an environmentalist. She's She does... Uh, uh, what they call that gardening permaculture permaculture mm. she's got some gardens that she supervises behind the mask theater or in the mask theater Correct. parking lot i've interviewed her uh, in a previous podcast but she is just an amazing amazing lady tell okay. us a bit about the story you've written about her so i first sp- uh, spoke to Mayoli uh in january about 25th of january we did the first story on her and uh, she was telling us about um, living in, in Freyhront and what she sees and, and what the community needs there. So she ha- used to be a, a ward councillor for the city. And even though she no longer is, the people have never understood that. And they still come to her with the same issues. And she was very open with us and spoke to us um, very bravely about being HIV positive. And the fact that she wanted to open an organization of her own to help to get food to people because the problem being if you're living in an area which is poverty stricken and you need to take your ARVs you need to eat and often those people aren't eating so they, they're not actually taking their, their ARVs properly so she wanted that was the basis of it but now we've come sort of full circle and she has been um, she's gotten uh, funding for a container and she's actually had help there from the hive with Fergus Turner he's helped her and um uh, she's going to be opening a container at the end of the month and she will from that container be running a variety of help uh, for the community including health advice um, and also simple things like how to where to go to get your ID and so all the things that she used to do as a ward counsellor but now she's also going to do um, the health aspect and she said to me it's just about getting people talking Mm. Once they get talking. And, you know, she's in an interesting position because she said, I used to be a foreigner because some of the people said to her, Mayoli, why, why do you like the foreigners? Why do you speak to the foreigners? And she said, because I used to be one of them and we're all human and, and we need to look at each other in, with that human spirit. So she says, sometimes these people don't know what to do and where to go to get help. And 
that's why I'm here. She says, God put me here to tell them that. So it's she's taking a, a chance. Story. She's taking a chance because, you know, you, if you speak to foreigners and, and people see that and they don't like that, but it's my Yoli. So who's going to actually <laughs> challenge my Yoli? <laughs> she's wonderful. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things with us being, uh, how can I put it, t- taking up roles in our community yeah. that you can be a testimony, testament to something different. Yeah. You know, you, you see people whose lives don't match up with what they're speaking. And Absolutely. I think that's that's so. I mean, whether it's a community leader, whether it's a, a, a church person, whether mm-hmm. it's a politician, you know, people don't give me steak and tell me it's fish. Yeah. I will smell it's fish. Totally. You know, you cannot get past people by being, uh, not having that truthfulness. Truthfulness mm-hmm. Integrity is so important in these situations. Now, she's a, a great, great lady. I've, I've chatted with her ma- many times. Now, our lead story in this week is about a CPF street people program. That's correct, yes. Where is that? That is in Simonstown. Um, it's being run by the, the police firm in Simonstown, um, and they've partnered with the, uh, social development, with the city, with um, the SAPs and what they're basically trying to do is they're trying to create an opportunity for street people to try and get them back back on their feet so that that's a very interesting a very interesting um, story and yeah I was I was with with the um, CPF last week chatted um, I actually sat in on their morning meeting with with SAPs and the city and just had a nice chat to everyone involved and just got a got a better idea of what they're trying to do what is actually happening and what are the obstacles that they face with this program why do they think it's going to work we've heard of so many street people initiatives you've had handout uh, pamphlets saying don't give to street people give to organizations that support them and it, it goes through cycles of enthusiasm and doing something about the problem i mean uh, there's a quote from the bible jesus says the poor will always be with us now, they're always going to be there, and you're not going to solve the problem. You've just got to be charitable and do something that is going to assist people because people who make decisions to live on the street like it, and they don't want to leave, but you've got to work within the constraints that you have. Why would something like this work, a new initiative? Well, actually, it's not a new initiative. The city of Cape Town actually impl- implemented a very similar program about four years ago. And they did quite a lot of research and they actually had over 4,000 people go out on the streets of Cape Town and actually speak to the homeless, record them, their names, their details, even, you know, taking photographs of them to, to actually determine how many street people are on, on the streets in Cape Town. And they found that most of, or I wouldn't say most, but that a large number of those people actually prefer being on the streets mm. because they don't have any responsibilities they don't have any bills to pay and with with handouts like blankets food clothing money they can actually support all their habits they can actually live, live quite, comfortably. quite comfortably and what they're actually trying to do is they're actually trying to to get them or, or to implement a, a mindset change um, among the street people to actually show them that, you know, once once you've actually got your own job and once you're actually earning your own money, there's there's no end to the possibilities. Mm. But 
like they said last week, it's that's something very difficult to do, especially when when they're in the comfort of of getting handouts and you know getting money, supporting their habits. And at the moment, there's 160 street people in in Simonstown, and that's not well. It is a large number, but it's it's actually at the moment a number that that they feel that they can actually do something with it. those the lives of those people can be changed so half of those people are in the happy valley shelter um receiving some you know counseling or, or assistance mm. and the other half are actually on the street and of the other half that are on the street they've started a, a pink vest program where the street people are actually trained to be car guards yes and i've they, seen that they wear the pink vest that's um, an existing initiative that is correct yeah. it's based on on the cold bay um initiative where the guys actually wear the, the maroon vests but every week they have a meeting um they attend workshops and what has actually happened is um simon lilcox made some funds available and mm. they've actually appointed um, some field workers they've got six field workers who work with the simon stein street people at on a daily basis and they get to know them personally and we, they found that that's actually the only way because not no two people are alike you'll get 160 street people and every single one of them need a different approach or a different um, motivational factor to get them off the street there's different reasons why they're, they're on the street different. they're all different and they didn't all start there that's the thing, and the field workers have done an amazing job um, with, with especially with the the Pink Vest program. The guys have workshops um, once a week, and one of the street the street or the field the field workers is actually a former street street person. She was oh. homeless. She lived on the street, so she knows exactly what it's about, and That's she's good. she's working her magic. She's All absolutely right. working her magic. She's actually addressing um, the community members tomorrow night. At the um, oh, actually, it's tonight. Oh, it's okay. Thursday. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> um, tonight at the Ratepayers Association's quarterly meeting, Brilliant. and she'll be speaking to the community there, and right. basically just explaining to them why they should stop handouts. Because mm. people often think, you know, you are so cruel. These people have nothing. All I'm giving him is a bread or a blanket or whatever. And but you have to have an alternative before you thing. can do that. That's yeah. the thing, and you know the community is doing the wrong thing for the right reason right. and you, you need to to kind of make them understand yeah we have that in Musenberg. yeah a church will come they'll open the back they'll have soup and rolls and everything and they'll hand out and off they go again there's no yeah. there's no plan of action and i think any pro yeah. any social problem you need to have a very clear plan of action in order to achieve something That's right mm. so what what they're actually doing at the moment is they're collecting um some items basically toiletries for for the happy valley shelter and they have got a trolley at the Glencairn Spa. So if anybody is interested in, in making a donation, you can just go and drop a, a tube of toothpaste or mm. um, some soap or shampoo or whatever in, in the trolley. And you can also contact um, the CPF by, by phoning the police station if you want more information. Ladies, it's been so interesting. This is a true magazine program. <laughs> this is the format that really excites me. You know, when we've, when we've got stories, one of the podcasts I li listen to is the Moth Podcast. Right. Based in the States, it's a podcast that comes out of a radio network or radio station, and they've got existing stuff they put together. But they tell the very ordinary stories of yeah. people, and that's what's so interesting. You know, we, every, everyone has a need to tell a story. 
And I think our responsibility in print and uh, radio and, and uh, TV is to tell those stories. Absolutely. So people's stories that are interesting and you get better understanding of people. So it's really exciting. I'm enjoying this project oh, very much so. Me too. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. It's just uh, giving us something to chat about in the, in the South, the Deep South, you know, this part of the world. Actually, when we do our stories now, we go, oh, this would be great for the podcast. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> <Car> story. <laughs> I'm very much in the podcast world, all the stuff I read, mm. and podcasting is taking the world by storm. Yeah. Radio has taken the world by storm, and it's not going to go. No, More people right. in Africa have access to FM radio than clean run, running water. Wow. That's the stat. Yeah. So radio is here to stay, and podcasting is just growing exponentially so I'm it's all i do it's all, i mean i don't i don't have a tv and i listen to podcasts every single day Karen often ones. tells me about these yeah. wonderful yeah. delightful <laughs> podcasts and but i'm like where do you get them from you've got an iphone <laughs> it's do. the easiest way the, the podcast <laughs> app it comes with the iphone and it, i mean like last night uh, my wife and i we went to sleep listening to a moth podcast and i mean it's like so diverse yeah. so w we're trying to achieve <laughs> A little bit of that, and I'm doing it the easy way because I've got my researchers. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to be here. <laughs> but, uh, uh, guys, thanks again for uh, joining me. It's, Thank you. it's really exciting. People can find the news behind the news, the stories, the heartaches, the joys, all of that around podcasting. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for this show. Tune in next time for another exciting edition of the Hello Musenberg podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.